From WBFO and Buffalo Toronto Public Media, this is Buffalo What's Next. Today on the program, attorney Mark Overall. He's president of the Buffalo Urban League's Young Professionals Group, looking at networking and role models. But first, a gripping conversation with Jay Moran and Lachelle Roberson from Toll to Our Legacy and Legends. It's a group that works with children who've lost their parents to homicide. It's so many people who have lost either their parent or was a parent, you know what I mean, mm. who have been through these things. It's, or their neighbor or their cousin. It's, it's everywhere. I, I know a lot of people who are in this situation. And again, they say the same thing, like, where, where were you when I was going through it? But I'm glad you're here to help somebody else. Yeah. Jay Moran and Lachelle Roberson, after the news. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Corva Coleman. Much of the U.S. remains under weather alerts today. Parts of eastern California are still in blizzard conditions. National Weather Service lead forecaster Bob Oravec says eastern California will get hit with more heavy snow today. So it's still a pretty stormy pattern, a cold pattern, too, across California. So for the next two days, we do anticipate the chances or the likelihood of heavy snow, especially through the Sierra. So over the next several days, it looks like there's going to be an additional four to six feet of snow across the, through the Sierra. Forecasters also warn that much of the southern plains faces dangerous winds today. Some could gust to hurricane strength. The same system brought tornadoes to Kansas, Oklahoma, and northern Texas late yesterday. Farther north, the Great Lakes states are getting another winter storm. The tracking site poweroutage.us says nearly 140,000 Michigan customers still don't have power. A winter storm is also pelting New England. The EPA says that teams can resume shipping contaminated waste away from the site of a toxic train derailment. The shipments were paused after lawmakers in Michigan and Texas raised concerns about waste being disposed in their states. From member station WDET, Quinn Kleinfelter has more. Norfolk Southern was in sole charge of transporting contaminated soil and liquid away from the site, but the EPA began reviewing the railroad's safety protocols after Michigan and Texas officials complained they were blindsided by news that the hazardous waste would be dumped in their states. U.S. EPA Region 5 Administrator Deborah Shore says truckloads of the soil are now in Michigan and thousands of gallons of firefighting liquid in Texas. That material was already vetted and it is at those facilities, but they are not currently accepting anymore. We're exploring to see whether they have capacity. She says new shipments of the contaminated waste head for two sites in Ohio today. For NPR News, I'm Quinn Kleinfelter in Detroit. Stocks opened higher this morning after a sharp sell-off last week. NPR's Scott Horsley reports the Dow Jones Industrial Average rose about 290 points in early trading. Last week was the stock market's worst so far this year, as investors reacted to worrisome reports on inflation and consumer spending. Several more big retailers are set to report earnings this week, including Target, Macy's, and Best Buy. Stock in Union Pacific rebounded this morning after the railroad announced plans to replace its CEO. The shares have taken a beating over the last year amid complaints from customers and regulators about rail service and delays. Some investors have been calling for a leadership change. New orders for durable goods had a rough landing last month, weighed down by a drop in airplane orders. Stripping out transportation, orders for other long-lasting factory goods were higher. Scott Horsley, NPR News, Washington. On Wall Street, the Dow is now up more than 300 points, or nearly 1%. This is NPR. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. 
Other contributors include Jarl and Pamela Moan, focusing on civil liberties, foster youth, public radio, and the arts. And the Public Welfare Foundation, committed to advancing transformative youth and criminal justice reforms. We need to get together and let our voices be heard. This is Buffalo What's Next. I'm Jay Moran. I'm Bridget Jaipal Valenza. I'm Dave Debo. And I'm Thomas O'Neill White. After May 14th, how can we afford not to talk about race? About education, about segregation, about humanity. Since the dawn of this nation, racial violence has existed. The way we have designed our society has a big hand in what occurred in that Topps market. In the suburban area everywhere, we must work and teach our children. We need to make sure that we put more funding in our programs that help prevent gun violence and more money into art. If we're going to have some real healing, we've got to have space to tell some uncomfortable truths. And welcome to Buffalo What's Next. This morning, we're going to talk with Lachelle Roberson. Lachelle has created an organization called TOLL, T-O-L-L, and that stands for To Our Legacies and Legends, Inc. Lachelle, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Lachelle, this uh, organization that you started, the name in itself has a very significant, talk about why you started this. Um, I started this organization because two years ago, a longtime family friend um, sort of looked at like a stepdaughter of mine was murdered uh, during a pandemic outside while she was just trying to party. Okay. Um, just before um, her death, I had taken her kids in to try and help her get some balance in her life with some th- personal situations she had going on. And I promised her, like, you know, a family friend would do that. I make sure everything was good. Don't you worry about anything. I got you. Um, unfortunately, like I said, she was murdered a few days after that, uh, shy of 30-something days after that. Sorry, yeah. She was taken from us. Thank you. And in doing for the children, I learned that there is no program, no foundation, no organization. There's nothing out specifically for children whose parents were murdered. Um, I looked myself. (laughs) But because I was previously in organizations in the city, I had a few people that I knew to call and ask for some help. Okay. So I did. So I had the Father's Organization, the Peacemakers, and No More Tears. I called them. I let them know what was happening. And they were like, hey, it's time for us to reach out to the community and ask for some help. This young lady is no longer here. These babies are motherless. And this is what the community does. We help each other when we down. When I say I was so proud of the city of Buffalo, I got on the news, I said what happened, and I did exactly that. It pulled at everyone's heartstrings to know these young babies were left without a mother. And when you say babies, how old were they at the time? At the time, they were one years old, and the twins, Legacy and Legend, were two. Okay. So um, I got on the news, I asked for help, they began to deliver Items to the Johnny B. Wadi Stadium. I mean, donations of clothes, food, household items, all kinds of things. Gift cards. I got a phone call from um, one of the founders at a father organization. And he called me. He said, hey, Lachelle, uh, you know, we do every year the basil uh 
the basil foundation, the basil car company. Sure. We go there and we uh, get coats for the coat drive, and they want to give you some stuff. So when we go out there, we're going to do that, and they're going to get your information and get you some stuff. So I'm not going to lie. I figured, like, hey, perfect time for me to go and get a new car. Right. I was already trying to do so anyways. I was saving up, but I didn't have the paperwork because sure. I had did hair my whole life. So right, I didn't right. have the banks always looked at me like, no girl. <laughs> so this time I was saving up. I was like, whatever they say, I'm gonna be ready. But when I walked in, they kinda like flaked me for what I thought. He was like, Oh, yeah, we're gonna find you something. Don't worry about it. We'll give you a call. Really? So to my surprise, like I said, I got the phone call the next day. He like, oh, they want you to come in and get some and pick up some coats and stuff. I'm like, okay. So when I get there, I see like a bunch of people. I'm meeting the Basil brothers, the Basil sisters. And I'm like thinking to myself, all this to get coats? (laughs) So before I know it, they like, you are doing such a wonderful thing. Nobody would have imagined that you would do so. So we're going to help you out. Here's this minivan to help you and your family do what you need to do in exchange. My heart melts it. Right. Because at the time, I had no idea of what I was doing. I just did what was right. She right. Called, you wanted to help called. out your friend's kids. You wanted right. to take care of them. That's, that's all I did. It wasn't until I watched that interview from Jim Bezos saying how his mother taught him to give back to the community and do right by others. And he finished off by saying, this young lady has a family of her own that she's raising, and now she has stepped in to help raise this family. And I sat back like, wow, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) I had no clue until that moment what I was doing. So now it was like, okay, now I have to do exactly the right things. I had some help in getting them to do what I needed to do because I had a small vehicle that barely fit my family. But now with three editions, they gave us car seats and stuff. So with those items, I was able to move a little bit better. So I ended up um, trying to get them into school, trying to get them into everything that they needed, like Medicaid, just right. simple things like that. I right. literally thought that my phone would ring and everybody that I needed to talk to would call me and say, hey, Lachelle, this is what you need to do. This is where you need to go. This is how you do it. Here's how you did this for the kids. It was so not that simple. Right. So in doing so, I realized I'm not the only person going through this. There is an actual grandmother raising her son's child, and her son's child reminds him, I'm sorry, reminds her of him when he was that age. Okay. Which makes it harder to grieve, harder to live, harder to do life's things when you have to raise a child. You want to make them eggs. You know, and Lachelle, it's interesting because I met you at the Broadway Market a few weeks ago at the uh, Buy Black Buffalo event. Yes. And we talked a a little bit about that. But you said since then you you had a lot of uh, people coming up to – Talking to you, uh, you very I thought very cleverly attracted them to to your to your table, um, but the thing that they told you, and this is, is they said, I can't believe this doesn't already exist. Yes, everyone says that. How is there not an organization already designed for this? And I say the same thing. I really thought there would be places to go. But it's not. Right. So not only is To Our Legacies and Legends, Inc. designed specifically for these children, it's the first organization. And I want to be global. Because 
unfortunately, humans will continue to harm one another, which will leave our children parentless. So we need to implement a life insurance plan where we take care of one another because our children are our future. And if we don't make sure that they are okay, who's going to take care of us? Right. You know, a lot of things happen in families for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes somebody dies of uh, unfortunate circumstances. Sometimes people leave. But in this case, we're talking about a parent who was murdered. I think, and that's got to make it different in a lot of ways. Yes. What about that? What what type of challenges? And these and our, you know, um, the kids are still pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you sense about that? What again? Maybe all the people you've talked to about that. The idea that this is different. This is different because these kids have a parent who was murdered. Well, I think that. I think that this organization will be able to, first, I believe that because we're going to start from the beginning, as soon as we are able to, I want to be able to implement mental health counseling, which I think is very important. It's very important for everyone, but especially for people that are going through trauma. I also think that a lot of people think that murder can only happen to you if you're in the gang, if you're walking through a bad neighborhood, and that is so not true also. Sure. Murder could be as simple as, yes, gun violence, yes, a stabbing, but it could be... Domestic violence? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I want it to be for children, newborn to 21 years old, so that it's open to every age limit. I I, want to be able to offer limitless opportunities to these children. Let's let's talk about those. And like, like you're, so it sounds like you're really looking down the road yes. for these young kids right now. Um, probably a little young to be concerned about mental health right now, but that's something that's probably going to be an issue, right? I mean, I someone's going to have to tell them what happened to their mother. Right. And that's why I wouldn't say, no, it's not too young. I've had situations already have happened, like, because they're so young, they live in my household with my children who call me mommy, so they look at me as mommy because I take care of them. But I would never let them forget who their mother is. We watch videos, they look at pictures and oh. everything, so they know exactly who she is. And one day, Legend said to me, Mommy, my mommy's so beautiful. But I saw the confusion in his face as he said it. Because he's, what, three right now? He's four now. now. But he had said it last year. He was three at the time. But I I saw the, like, wait, Mommy, Mommy? Hmm. Uh, You know what I mean? But he just kept going, and I kept going also. But one day, that confusion is going to turn to a question. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I believe that... I'm 40 years old, and I live on this planet with no parents. And it's hard for me. I'd love to call my mom and ask her, what was that that went into the spaghetti? Which, should I go to Walmart or right. Target? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Those things that you need a mother's help with, I believe that you'll always need, especially with these children are school age. When they're not seeing, again, I'm a little bit on the older side, and they're toddlers. So as time goes by, I'll age, and they'll see younger children with younger moms like, why don't I live with my mom? Yeah. How come I don't live with my dad? You know, so there are questions that I think mental health help now would help to ease questions or answers to sure. questions in the future. So, so your plan then to answer that question is? I just believe that honesty is the best. You know, I, I, honesty and love is all I just try to give. I don't want them to feel that, 
you know, hey, I'm here by default. Actually, no, your mom chose for you to be here. Right. And that in itself is, I believe, a blessing. Everyone doesn't get to say, hey, this is where my babies are going. And then, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I believe that that's excellent. And for them to know that, I kind of feel like that's a little bit comforting. Like, hey, we didn't, someone didn't pick for us to come here. Mommy said, yes, that's where I want them to be and they'll be fine and I'll check on them soon. Our guest this morning is Lachelle Roberson from Toll, T-O-L-L, to our Legacies and Legends, Inc. And we should mention that this worked out very well because we're talking about Legacy and Legend, our Two of the children yes. that came into your home. Yes. Right, the twins. Mm-hmm. How are they doing? Excellent. Tell me about them. So they are, whoo, <laughs> twins. Maybe that said it all right there. <laughs> um, I have learned with twins, one comes up with a plan and one executes it. Whoa. Yes. Legacy is definitely the come up with a planner, and legend had better execute it. <laughs> She is one minute older, and he is never going to forget it. <laughs> She's not going to let him, and he's just, he's so sweet about it. Right. Like, he knows, he, he'll he say it in her. Legacy, my big sister, and I'm the brother. <laughs> <laughs> and they have they have a younger sibling then, right? Yes, loyalty. Okay. And how beautiful are their names? They They were just birthed with so much power in their names. Yeah. So I feel like also that's another reason why when I I, I I wrecked my brain to come up with a name that I thought would be just as powerful and help at the same time and meaningful. Right. And it, it worked out perfectly. Um, what do they bring to your household? You've joy. Got a, you, you've got, well, okay, right. Because oh you've, got a, you've got a big yes. household, but joy. Yes. I've I, I personally never had the joy of having a grandmother, but I've watched people my whole life, especially men, and the love that they have for their grandmother. I feel like, like I said, Rayshiana was sort of like my daughter. She grew up, you know, calling me, "Hey Ma, can I get? Can you bring Hey Ma? Could you do? You know." So how did you meet Rayshiana? I used to date her father okay. uh, eons ago. All right. And you know how it is. You get in the family and you just So don't you're still get part out. of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go uh, away. His sister is my best friend. All right. So it kind of just, we I just always was there. So Legend and Legacy are looked at as the, when she told me she was pregnant, I'm like, oh, them is going to be my G babies. <laughs> oh, girl, they calling me G mommy. So when she had them, that's just how it was. It was just a love. And I feel like legend is, his love is, I, when they first came into my home, I felt like Beyonce. I would come in from the grocery store and they would, hey, mommy, hi. <laughs> they would run up to me and it was the most beautiful feeling ever. Like, I, it's a different love than the love from your kids. Not that it's not natural, but that's it's so super extra special to be loved by someone that didn't have to. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. Legend, like I said, he's the first one. I got a bad knee. and He always, Mommy, you okay? Do you need me to get your shoes? Mm. He's always, he's, oh, he is, oh my God, he is God sent. He is just <laughs> so special. My girl Legacy, she is my assistant mom. If someone did not mop, she's telling me. Whoever left the refrigerator open, she's noted it. She is my <laughs> assistant. She keeps the wheels going at the house, boy. 
Wow. Yes. <laughs> I might be able to use them in my house someday, yes. but well, that's another story. <laughs> I don't want to get into Ooh, that. Oh, my yet. girl legacy. <laughs> she is definitely, she makes everybody stay on their toes. I, that's what the teacher said at school one time. She was like, oh, I had to make sure that I, I, had, I was late bringing them to school. And she was like, you know, I went back up to the room to get the book because legacy last time said to me, you forgot to bring your book down here. You and she was like, all I could think was, I guess I'm not doing my job. The little ones are paying attention. And that's how she makes me feel all of the time. I'm always trying to be on top of my stuff because legacy is gonna be like, You left your shoes at the door, mommy. You didn't put your purse in your room, mommy. She is always on top of everything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should be a little scared to have her come to my, come to my house. Uh, how how do they get along with your kids then? Oh, they love them. Yeah. They love them. At the beginning, it was my daughter was four. My my older daughter was nine, and my son was um, fourteen. They were all younger, right. but it was like the girls got live baby dolls. Ah. Boy and girl baby dolls. Legend and Legacy both have hair, so they were playing in their hair. It was like, who's getting who dressed? What are they wearing? Can I match them? Can I match with them? It, it was it was excellent. My son had someone to play the game with. Legend was just like, I'm right there with you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he looks up to him so much. But even still now, everything is just so natural. They visit with um, their family on certain weekends. And when they're not home, it's just like, oh. Mm. Everybody's like, what day is it? Are the, boy, are the kids coming back yet? Wow. They are so part of the family where everybody's used to going to the store, making sure you get them snacks too, you know, just simple things. And when they're not home, it's like like my daughter, she doesn't know what to do when the kids aren't home. She's, it's so bored. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, this is the time they get on your nerves when they're here. Now they're gone. You can't wait for them to get back. <laughs> it's not quite as big as cheaper by the dozen, but no. that sounds like a kind of family that you're oh, developing yeah. there. Yeah. I used to laugh. I had a friend who had a big family who had to always make the family pack of meat. And at the time, it was just me and my two. We were little, They were little, and we had to, a family pack of meat would last me like four days. Now, there's no leftovers with a family pack of meat. Sometimes I got to make two. <laughs> so I just laugh like, wow. What was Christmas like at your house? Ah. This Christmas was... Oh, we had the weird Christmas. We had, we had The weather didn't help things, did it? No. No. This Christmas was a bit stressful. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah. But it was... It, we were grateful. We didn't lose power. We didn't have... You know, I, I luckily didn't have anyone that close to me that, you know, was tragically harmed in the uh, storm or anything. So we were able to, you know, we were able to exchange gifts and everything. It was just... It was sad to know mm. that the rest of the city was going through right, right, such definitely. A, hard, a hard time. Yeah, it's hard to isolate yourself for that, right? right? Yeah. Fortunately, though, like I said, we happen to be blessed. So I woke up and I saw my social media I had so many people who didn't have things, weren't able to get out. So me and my guy got up and we bought milk and bread and noodles and hot dogs and fruit snacks and canned goods and stuff and... We just, I started having people inbox and, and message me like, hey, what's your address? I'm going to bring you some food. Wow. So that's what we did. I actually was able to make the news. Wow. And, you know, I just wanted to, 
I was blessed. I wanted to just return the favor to those who weren't. And it was so many people who was so, I'll meet you at the corner. You cannot come down my street, but I'm coming. And it was so many people who were so grateful. Wow. Yeah, yes. by all means. Well, thanks for doing that. That's, no, that's no great that you would do that. I was glad to be able to. Um, I, I wanted to take a, a moment here. Um, I want to get back into the organization a little bit. I just a little bit about Rashiana. Yes. Rashiana Johnson is uh, the mother of, uh, the late mother of legacy and legend. And you talked about her a little bit. Um, what, what was Rashiana like? Tell me about her. Oh, Rashiana was a ray of sunshine. If you knew her, you knew she had your back. Mm. She was not going to let anybody say anything to hurt you. She wouldn't let anybody. If you weren't smiling, she was going to make you smile. If somebody did something not to make you smile, they was going to know that Rayshiana knew about it. She was not not one to see people hurting. Um, She was... So she was so young. She was only 23, literally seven days to her birthday, uh, she passed away. Mm. And it was unfortunate. It was sad. She she touched so, so, so many people's lives in her short amount of time here on this earth. Um, she had just recently healed from being into a car accident. And, you know, we were all, you know, happy about that and Unfortunately, things just didn't work out for her to still be here with us. But do you see? Uh, do you see any of her in Legacy and Legend? Oh, all the way. Yeah. All the way. I, I, I say all of the time. I, you should have been Rayshiana Junior. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They are their mom. They look just like her. They act just like her. They. <laughs> they are definitely. She's definitely left her mark on those babies. And one thing I can say is that in a short time, she definitely, as babies, they knew that they were a package, that it was the three of them and we had to take care of one another. Because, like, Legacy and Legend will wake up and they didn't talk much. They, Like I said, they were two. They couldn't get much out. But when they first wake up, the first thing they would say is, where's baby? Where's my baby? Uh-huh. Even still to this day, is I want to call baby. Is baby coming over? And loyalty is now three, and that's the first thing she said. I'm not baby. I'm loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> but in their eyes, sure. she's the baby, Always and we've got to protect you. And I, I think that is so beautiful that they know that already. So we have Toll to our Legacy and Legends Inc. How uh, can people help? What are you looking? How what, what are your steps moving forward here? I know you, like I said, we, we met over at the Broadway Market on that Saturday, and I know you're, um, you've been out there the other Saturdays throughout this month as well, making sure you get the word out. So, like you said, you want to go global, but yes. let's start with the east side and let's start with Buffalo. What are the steps? What, what, what do you have in mind? I want to find sisters and brother organizations that are like-minded and trying to do the same thing, help our babies, help our families that are going through tra- tragedies, um, all across the board. I want to partner up with people who will be able to maybe point me in the right direction that I'm not aware of because I don't know everything. Like I said, I am completely new to this. My heart is just help. Right. So I would like to partner up with all types of organizations and foundations that would be able to say, hey, this is what we got. This is what we can do. 
right now we're looking for office space so that we would be able to meet with <laughs> sponsors sure. and donors and clients because um, I'm doing pretty much everything out of my home. Volunteers. When we do get these things, I'm going to look for people to actually come out and help. And right now, I want to be able to do any and everything. But we need people who are going to do... you can't do it all by yourself. Right. Look for volunteers that are going to... Who have actually been through the situation and can... Do you know somebody who's already been through this kind of thing or themselves with uh, oh, a loved everywhere. ones? everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people who have lost either their parent or was a parent, you know what I mean, who mm. have been through these things, it's, or their neighbor or their cousin. It's, it's everywhere. I, I know a lot of people who are in this situation, and, again, they say the same thing, like, where, where were you when I was going through it? But I'm glad okay. you're here to help somebody else. Yeah. You know, but those are people that I've come across that, want to help and how can we and what can we so i want to be able to do simple things like meet at the library read to children help with homework i want to be able to partner up with every single supermarket every clothing store every sneaker label because kids need everything from tissue to college funds right and so (laughs) i want to be able to partner with all of nike and reebok and all of those different people so that they'll be able to say hey how can we help these kids i feel like there's going to be children who are now in homes where they're not getting what they're used to and that's where I want Toll to come in and be able to give, provide simple things from nutritional food to education, just however we can help, honestly. So if somebody does want to help out, what's the best way to go about contacting, contacting you? Contacting me? Well, you can contact me on my phone number, which is 716-861-0570. That is for Toll, the organization. You can also contact me at our um, email address. It is to our legacies and legends22 at gmail. Um, I can also be contacted on Facebook. I am on LinkedIn. We have Instagram. And we are also on Twitter. Okay. So I, I, and it's all, it's is it toll or is it uh, to our legacies and legends? That's both. Both? Okay. Yes, right, so I'll get you there. Yep. Lachelle Roberson, uh, thanks for. Uh, doing this and thanks for uh, coming in and, and talking about it yeah, with thank us. you for giving us the opportunity to talk about it absolute pleasure Lachelle Ro- Roberson is the founder of Toll T-O-L-L to our legacies and legends Inc this is Buffalo What's Next on WBFO not sure what you want to watch tonight we've got you covered visit WNED.org slash TV schedule to see what's on WNED PBS WNED Create and WNED PBS Kids. Click the Primetime button to see what's on tonight. You can also search for your favorite programs in the search bar or look for programs by date and time. Visit WNED.org slash TV schedule and start making your viewing plans now. PBS Kids fun and educational content is available wherever you are in Western New York, whenever you want. Live stream the channel at wned.org slash pbskids. And while you're there, you can play games, watch videos from your favorite shows like Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, Molly of Denali, and Alma's Way. And you'll find resources for parents and teachers. Visit wned.org slash pbskids today.
this is Buffalo What's Next, where we have conversations with the community about moving forward. To have your voice heard, press the Talk to Us button on the WBFO app, and we'll work to get your questions and comments on the air. Join us on Twitter at WBFO or email us at news at WBFO.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. And this is Dave Debo for the balance of the program today. Mark Overall is with us. He's the president of the Young Professionals Group at the Buffalo Urban League. He's also their career development specialist. A lot to talk about there. And uh, he's one of those people that helped us out this morning, coming in on a little bit of short notice. Mark, thanks for doing so. Dave, thanks for having me again. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Urban Professionals Group, because in some ways I see a bit of a parallel. Mm-hmm. We've been talking a lot about education and Black History Month this month, and many of the people I have had in uh, have said, well, yeah, we do it because cultural literacy is important, is. but also because we need to inspire people and tell them that there are role models out there. To some degree, I almost look at the urban prof- uh, the young professionals group as something similar. New guy comes to town, doesn't really have a network, needs a mentor or maybe a role model, and you're there for him. Is, is that uh, stretching the point, do you think? No, uh, Dave, I, I appreciate the compliment. I think that is uh, <laughs> uh, that's, it's, it's very nice. Um, but, yes, I mean, that's actually um, one of the main um, – th- that type of demographic is really – uh, one of the main people we tend to draw is the people that are transplants. They're mm-hmm. new to Buffalo. Like you said, they don't have a network. They don't have family. They don't have a lot of connections. And typically the urban professional is somebody that goes to work, goes home, but doesn't really feel a sense of community at work. Um, a lot of our, I will applaud the business community. A lot of our businesses and companies are doing a lot better at um, increasing their diversity workforce and making more diverse hires. But um, if you, you know, if you work at, I don't want to throw it out there, but if you work at a certain company, you may be one of only a handful of black employees. So you don't really feel a sense of community at work. So uh, the Young Professionals provides that sense of community for people that are not um, um, familiar with the Buffalo area. How do you do it? Is it just a sense of mixers and events? Uh, yeah, well, we, we we definitely are getting more intentional. We've uh, like we have a we we have our first Friday networking socials where we try to interact with different groups. We have one coming up in, in March with the young professionals of the for the parks, Homestead Parks. We got another one coming up with uh, Evans Bank in April and then we got another one coming up with rich products in May. So it's, and then we had, we had one with national fuel before. I mean, so yeah, it's definitely um, just being intentional about, Hey, I know you have an employee resource group. I know you, most of them do. And I know you have these uh, subsections that um, are looking to broaden their um, community and broaden their network. Let's come together. Let's break bread. Let's go out after work and let's see where we can find some synergy. To what degree is that transplant coming in from who knows where? Uh, a fish out of water? Uh, it, it's pretty often. Um, as you as you probably are aware of, we get a lot of people from New York City. Uh, we get a lot of people from— And, then, but then again, and Buffalo is not New York City. No, it's not. Uh, people come here. Oftentimes they come here for college or work, and they stay here because of the cheaper cost of living. Um, but we've got— um, you know, one of our members is from Memphis. Uh, one of our members is from Mobile, Alabama. So we get people from the South— 
We get a lot of people from the West Coast. A couple of people from California have moved here. So it's it's all about just say, hey, even if you're not from here, you are here now. Where's your community? Where's your family? Where's your network? And we're just here for them. So to your to answer your question directly, it happens pretty often. I would mm-hmm. say a good 15 to 20% of our people, of our members, are not from Buffalo. And to what degree is it educating them not just about their place in the world, uh, the, the fish out of water again, mm-hmm. but educating them about the community? Do, well, you, do you lead them around town and say, hey, look, this is this and that's that? Absolutely. I mean, when you come to town, I mean, and I'm just, I'm not, I'm just, not trying to be, you know, gender specific, but let's just let's just pick a black woman. If you come right. to town, um, what do you need? I need a place to get my hair done, a place to get my nails done. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? I need all of these things that I don't have here that I've used to. You know, I've been going to the same person. I need a place to go to church, right? Uh, where do you go for brunch? So yeah, it's like we we say, hey, here's some suggestions. Um, here's and and we do that not only just with our um, networking, but with our programming. That's why we have Black Restaurant Week. That's why we have. Um, the networking socials. That's why we do different things with different community groups to say, and that's why we highlight um, black businesses in our um, newsletter to say, hey, these are things that you can familiarize yourself with so that this can become home for you. What about community causes? Is there education on that? How to get How to get involved in activism of some sort? Absolutely. So we just completed, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we just completed a sickle cell blood drive with the Red Cross. That went well. Um we uh, just had our second annual She's a Queen event, which we partnered with uh, Confident Girl Mentoring with Tiffany Lewis and A Way Out with Trinisha Benson. And and that was all about uh, having our pageant queens, our Miss Buffalo, our Miss Teen Buffalo, Miss Niagara, Miss Teen Niagara, and Miss Flower City come and talk to our inner city youth, our young girls, about what it what it means to be beautiful, what it means to be confident, what it means to be self-assured. So, yeah, we... You know, probably 50 to 60 percent, really 60 to 70 is is more community service and activism. And then the 30 percent is like the recreational fun stuff. Mm -hmm. I've heard it said that when someone comes to town for the first time, that um, generally the way they they integrate to any community. uh, And and this is not uh, a black or white thing. This is just a, a general thing. Someone will say, well, what church do you go to? Come come to mine. <laughs> exactly. And then those doors open. But if you're not a church person, and, and there is a growing number, especially among young folk, of people who might even be spiritual but aren't in a church. No. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something I've seen. I'll be honest. Millennials, by and large, have left the church. I'll be honest. Millennials and younger, they either, they either log on online yeah. or, or they don't go at all. So um, the majority— so um, and obviously, you know, with certain churches like, you know, you know, you got renovation, you got uh, Zion, Dominion, you got Elam and you got True Bethel and, and I go to Bethesda. So there's there's certain churches that are trying to become more um, intentional about attracting that millennial and Gen Z population. But, oh, yeah, the buy it's, 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 yeah, no it's a chore. Yeah, no doubt. It's a chore. And are the millennials the ones that are being brought to town for these job transfers, do you think, mostly? For the most part. A lot of people that I get, uh, that we that I interact with, um, are, I rarely see like 25 to 27. I, they're mostly 37, uh, probably like 28 to 35, even sometimes 28 to 38. And and they say, hey, I just relocated for here. I took a regional position. I took a, matter of fact, a young one, a one woman that uh, they just brought on from M and at M and T, um, and a kind of like a mid management role. I actually met her at a conference in in Philadelphia, and they brought her in. And like I said, she's in her late thirties. So it's typically people who are more seasoned, 
um, people who have been in their career for like five to 10 years or people that are coming here to like do a PhD program or a postdoc and they're looking for employment afterwards. You're a candid guy. I've had you on the program before, so I know that I can tread lightly here, but nonetheless, <laughs> I'll go there. Um, sure. When they come to town for the first time, do they say anything like, hey, I, I hear Buffalo might be a little racist. What do you know? So, yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, so there's two things that uh, I hear a lot. It's Buffalo is uh, – I hear I hear Buffalo is racist, and I don't – when I go out, I don't really feel like I belong because everybody there has been friends since high school to grade school. Right? Ah, okay. So, so there is a bit of – um, I guess internal displacement. Um, there is a there is a, a a bit of a lack of a familiarity, and that's what groups like you know, Urban League Young Professionals. There's another group, Young Black Professionals of Western New York, that is is they're purely social. But between those two groups and a few other things, we do try to, I guess, not only educate but also acclimate people to our Buffalo community. What do you tell someone when they ask that question? Hey, I, I hear Buffalo's a little racist. So. You know, I hear that a lot, and I've always gently pushed back on that because when people say Buffalo is segregated, my thing is when I think of segregation, I think, okay, I can't live here, right? And I'm just like, no, black people live in Amherst. Black yeah. people live in Chictawaga. Black people live in North Buffalo. Black people live in all areas and segments of Buffalo. I think that what we see um, is that historically – Black and brown people tend to congregate on certain sides, and and sometimes they're less um, less dominant in the population or in the demographic in certain sides, particularly South Buffalo and in North yeah, Buffalo. Yeah. So, but I don't think it's you know, oh, I can't live there, or I can't be, get a house there. Or, no, I mean, in fact, most of my friends, I'll be honest, because uh, you know when you, it's, it's kind of like you know, hip hop. Once you once you make it, you get out the hood. Uh, most of my <laughs> friends live in the suburbs. I'll be honest. All right. <laughs> Um, talk to me though about the top shooting. Uh, if someone's coming to town for the first time, transferring into Buffalo, yeah. um, they're gonna maybe Google Buffalo a little bit, and that's gonna be there. So I had a friend that came to town actually, and she did just that. And she went to. She said, "I want to go to the tops." When she found that it was open. oh wow, yeah, she went and then she saw the the mural that they had there, and you know, shout out to Jillian Hainsworth for doing that beautiful poem on there yeah. that they put into the mural in there. That's beautiful. Um. And uh, she said that she just wanted to, I guess, walk on the grounds where a great tragedy had taken place. And I'll say it is very, it can be very sobering. Mm -hmm. um, I think that for us, having, you know, just recognized the, you know, um, we just saw uh, the, the shooter get sentenced, and yeah. there was a, uh, you know, there was a, a bit of an altercation with that. Yeah. There was also such an outpouring from family members of victims to right. say, "This is what these people meant. This is what you did to me and our community." Absolutely. Um, so, in some ways, I think that might have been triggering, but I've also heard it was really therapeutic because it, it kind of took the, the the focus off of him and said. These people mattered. These are the people you took from us. Absolutely. I mean, they, some of those people were just stalwarts in our community. Um, and, you know, I went to church. with. I mean, I, I know people that have gone to church with them. Aaron Salter is actually my cousin, God rest his soul. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it was definitely a loss. And when I talked to different community stakeholders, they say the biggest thing that they felt was violated 
This guy came from another part of the state, came into our community and in, and just intentionally killed black people. So it was a violation. It's something that we will never forget. And, you know, all we can do is, is just pray and try to heal as best we can. I pulled you a little bit off the topic, though. You have this transfer that comes in and says uh, they want to see tops. Yes. They want to be there to to pay their respects. Right. Um, does that person come to town with a preconceived notion that this place is worrisome? Uh, I don't think so. I think, um, and, and it's so unfortunate, um, we have had so many mass shootings in this country that um, people partially have gotten numb to it because we never had one in, well, in my lifetime, we've never had one in Buffalo. I heard of, of another one back yeah. when I was um, it, it was a little different back for us. in the eighties. There was the twenty-two caliber killer yes, running around. Yes, but, I was right. I was told about that. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I was either not born or, or very young, so I don't re- recall. But I mean, I just I just take them. I take them there because a lot of times people don't know. The biggest question I, I that I do get is, uh, other than can I see it, is why did it reopen? So that's why I think it oh, is. Wow. Okay. I think it is important to take them. I said, well, why don't you go there? Let's let's go there, and you can see in this Jefferson area, this is the only supermarket in the area, right? So you're talking about jobs, you're talking about access to produce, you're talking about access to food, access to resources, diapers, all of those things. So it's uh that that specific location. One of my cousins is a manager there, and he's been there for years. That specific location is very important to the uh, to the east side and to the Jefferson business community. So you're not pushing back against the premise of this program oftentimes is that the shooting brought out uh, issues that, that have to be addressed. Uh, if someone's coming to town and say, hey, is Buffalo racist, you, you can say, yes, there was this shooting, and yes, there are these issues, but. Yeah, you know, when people talk about, okay, we're going to do this in response to the shooting, we want to do these community things in response to the shooting, my thing is, remember, this was a supervening act. Like this is, this was not. Um, this is somebody literally intending to do this, mm. and you know, no. And I don't want to be, but you, you talk about, oh well, this was a part of a, a cultural thing because we're so concentrated. Because I'm like, well, yeah, but he could have went to the Kent Bailey Community Center. He could have went to. Yeah. Um, there, there's a number of black Delavan Grider. Yeah, Delavan Grider. There's a number of places that you could go. That is majority black people or all black people if you want to do that. So I don't look that as I don't look at that per se as an incidental byproduct of racism. I think that people just naturally congregate to where they're comfortable. And that is a place where, as, as, as you I don't for the people that saw the video, there were white people at the top. So yeah. He avoided them. Yeah. Right. So it's not like it was an all black, only black patronized store. So, I mean, it was just a place that he went to in order to commit a heinous act. So I don't really look at um, uh, systemic racism and and equate that to um, one um, malicious person doing a malicious act. But I think you can say, like most everyone, that there are issues that still need to be addressed. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's poverty. There's there's as we talked about last time. There's there's you know we Buffalo Public Schools has the highest suspension rate in the state. Yeah. So, right, even though we have a much smaller school district in New York City. So it's like there's a lot of different issues. We have workforce issues. We have um, we still have uh, uh, th- there's a lot of issues that we have to deal with. And I think that one of the things that the, the top shooting did do um, was it caused companies to become more intentional on focusing their dollars, their initiatives and their efforts 
on addressing the issues that that plagues Buffalo. I think a lot of times, um, looking at it from a sense of development, looking at a sense of, uh, of, of, I guess, upward mobility, a lot of times companies, particularly companies that are not based here, uh, they'll put a store here. They'll put an apartment complex here. They'll put something here to draw from Buffalo. But after, you know, to draw resources, to draw money, to get rich, to do all these things. But one, but after May 14th, it was like, well, what can I do to give back to okay. Buffalo? And and the community investment that came from that uh, investment of time or money yes. ended up being focused because of that on the east side. Absolutely. All right. When we come back from the break, we'll have him put his other hat on. Mark Overall is here. He's the president of the Young Professionals Group of the Buffalo Urban League, but he's also their career development specialist. Earlier you mentioned workforce. We'll get to that in just a moment. This is Buffalo What's Next on WBFO. Support for WBFO, your NPR station, comes from our members and from The Gao School, a co-ed boarding and day school for students with language-based learning disabilities. The Gao School is hosting an in-person open house Saturday, March 4th from 9.30 to 11 a.m., presenting information on their summer program for students aged 8 to 16. You may register for the Gao School summer program open house by phone at 716-687-2001 or by website at gao.org. PBS Kids fun and educational content is available wherever you are in Western New York, whenever you want. Live stream the channel at wned.org slash pbskids. And while you're there, you can play games, watch videos from your favorite shows like Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, Molly of Denali, and Alma's Way. And you'll find resources for parents and teachers. Visit wned.org slash pbskids today. This is Buffalo What's Next, where we have conversations with the community about moving forward. To have your voice heard, press the Talk to Us button on the WBFO app, and we'll work to get your questions and comments on the air. Join us on Twitter at WBFO or email us at news at WBFO.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. And this is Dave Debo. Mark Overall is with us from the Buffalo Urban League. He's the president of their Young Professionals Group, and he's also a career development specialist there. For the balance of the program, I want to dig into that sort of work. Um, I looked at the community benefits agreement for the mm -hmm. new Buffalo Bills Stadium, mm -hmm. or not not the entire agreement because that has not been made public yet, but they did put a description out, a, a framework about it. Correct. And as I read through that framework, that mentioned unions in general, but the only specific organization that it mentioned by name was the Buffalo Urban League. It said that if we're going to develop partnerships and job placement opportunities, that the Buffalo Urban League needs to be involved in that. Absolutely. Those are your programs. Yes, workforce development is a one of our major programs. And the thing is, um, because so many companies do it, um, just like, you know, and I found this out within the last year, you know, Goodwill, right? They have a they've they've had a workforce development program for years, right? And um, maybe we should back up though. When you say workforce development program, what's that mean? That means so basically, what I do is like it's it's you you help with job placement, you help with um you you match people with certification programs that equate to higher income, and you assist with all areas and facets of career readiness, whether that's resume writing, cover letter templates, um, interviewing skills, how to dress, how to speak, how to answer questions, how to pivot, how to not list certain things on your resume. I, I look at a lot of resumes for a mm. lot of people. And I tell them, listen, if you're only there six weeks, 
You may want to leave that off. You, know? yeah. <laughs> you don't want to list too many things because it shows that you're unsteady, you're job yeah. hopping, you're unstable, you're unstable, and and people don't really want. They don't feel that that reliability there. Yeah. So all of that is a part of career readiness. And you said that a lot of other places, Goodwill and others, have these programs. They do. But when you're talking about sp- focusing specifically on increasing your black and brown um, um, hires in your, in your companies, you want to get companies, you want to get agencies, excuse me, like the Buffalo Urban League. So I applaud um, the powers that be for being intentional on saying, hey, let's use this. Uh, as a feeder agency, as a talent pool, to get some of these workers for this big project. And once you've trained someone or given them some advice, where do you push them out to? What kind of jobs are there? So, you know, the construction industry has always been there, but as as you probably have heard, you know, this stadium project is going to be going on for years. Yeah. And you're yeah. talking about people making $20, $30, $40 an hour. You're talking about people who can buy homes. You're talking about people who literally can elevate themselves through the middle uh, up to the middle class, many of which have not been out of high school that long. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think that if I can take a 22-year-old who say, hey, get your apprenticeship, um, become, you know, become a carpenter, become a, a, a HVAC guy, become a, you know, anything having to plumbing, electrical, anything having to do with the stadium, and you get this project that you get to work on full time for the next two to three to four years. Um, you're going to be set. You're going to be set. And then after that, you can use that experience to transition uh, into something else that'll make a career and not just a job. But you, you at the Urban League, do not train someone to be a welder. So we don't train them to be a welder on site. No, what we do is match them with an apprentice program, uh, with an apprenticeship that will train them. Northland, like, Northland, Bosies. Um, there's a few, but um, but yes, and that so that's what we do. And uh, like I said, a young man just came to me uh, last month. I'm saying, you know, I'm trying to become an electrician. How do I do that? And I said, okay, well, this is, you know, this is this, this is that. Here's something that will tr- pay you as your. So they're paying him. So he he, he goes to classroom during the day. Uh, no, he 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 follows someone who works during the day. He takes classes at night. It's like a 13 week certification mm-hmm. program. So he's getting paid for that. He's getting paid at work. Um, all told, with all of the benefits, I think he's bringing in like thirty two dollars an hour, right? So we get somebody with a high school diploma or maybe one or two years of college or maybe even an associate's degree that didn't finish, but you're making $32,000 an hour. You're talking about people bringing in $1,200, $1,300 a week. Now you can you can, you can can live where you want. You can get yourself stable. You can buy a home, and you can start pouring into and creating generational wealth for your offspring. Have the unions done a good job of recu- uh, recruiting black and brown folk? I try to stay away from those conversations because I was because <laughs> you don't want to criticize you don't no, want to bite the hand. That I don't feeds want you. to bite the hand that feeds. And plus, I'm very I, I see where the tea leaves go. I mean, you probably saw you know those people that tried to union unionize at Tesla. You oh, saw sure. what happened. You saw yeah. You saw what happened to them, right? So, um, and then even with Starbucks, there was some pushback for certain people that tried to get union. And then there's always a union strike with the hospital. So it's like I try to say, if there is an intentional effort to in, to protect and ensure the integrity of the worker, I'm for it. But I think that sometimes when people think unionization, when people think um, union, they, they, they think of, um, one, they think of more politics, they think less control, and they think this is something that's going to make it harder for me to not only recruit but retain workers because I have to now, I can't just recruit based on my metrics. It has to hit the union's metrics too. So I try to stay out of that. All right. But part of the reason I asked is is most of the apprenticeship programs for these trades are certainly union-run. Most of them are. 
most ab- absolutely. And, you know, but I will say this for the ones that are union run and for the ones that say, hey, we do want to diversify our workforce. I say more power to you. I, I want to tip my hat to anybody, any any employer union run or not union run that is trying to increase their um, the di- increase the diversity in their workforce. We had you on the program. I think it was about five months ago. Mm-hmm. What has changed in the time since? <sighs> In terms of what, Buffalo? Yeah, yeah, the the city and their needs and their ability to meet those needs. Uh, well, uh, I mean, honestly, you know. And by city, I mean region, not necessarily city government. Right. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, what's changed since the last time, we've had a lot of trauma. I mean, you've seen we've had, you know, we had the thing with DeBar Hamlin. We had so many people dying in that blizzard. Buffalo has gone through a lot of just traumatic events in 2022 in the beginning of 2023. So I think that um, the one thing that has changed um, from a, I guess from a political structure is understanding, Hey, we live in a a cold snow driven city. Um, We have to be prepared. I think that crisis preparation and crisis prevention has elevated. If you notice um, now we start to heed those weather warnings Mm -hmm. a lot more, right? You know, just last week, hey, inclement weather, everybody go home. You know, the the Urban League, they sent, they sent us home at, at 3 p.m., and then we worked from home for the next two weeks. It was that for a lot of places. So I think that before, um, you know, growing up here, before it was, oh, snowstorm, two feet of snow, who cares? We'll bear through it. But now, after losing, what, 50-something people in that blizzard? Yeah, 47. Um, yeah, right. it was a lot right. of people in that blizzard. It's, it's like, hey, if there's a weather warning, let's play it safe and let's keep our people safe. One of the criticism I've heard about the, the management of that is the targeting of the message, that in some ways it said, stay off the roads, instead of, you don't have a car, stay inside. See the difference? Uh, I do see the difference. Um I think that, and you know, obviously, social media will play this thing between some of our elected officials. But right, I, I yeah. do have to agree with something. I, I think that um, if we are the biggest, we're, we're the biggest, we're the county seat. Buffalo is the county yeah. seat, so uh, we should be the most prepared, right? We should be the most. We should have the most equipment. And um, but I do think when it comes to to messaging, we also have to be cognizant that hey, uh, per example, last week that happened. What Wednesday? Yeah. Um, if I'm a single mom and I wait till Friday when I get paid to get food, to get diapers, I'm not ready on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and see, that's what happened because I remember the, the blizzard. I remember that, that that main, it hit Friday. So that's when a lot of people are doing their shopping, are stocking up, are are able to go out into the, uh, into the stores and, uh, I guess, create that stockpile for having to be home for a couple of days. So I think sometimes... It's unfair to place the burden on people without resources to say, hey, we want you to always be ready for the worst case scenario and not be. But I don't have resources. I can't do that. Exactly. And once again, that comes to where the the, the gaps in wealth and income and all those. All right. If someone wants to get in touch with either the job training program or the job development programs or the young professionals group, how do they reach? So all of that is uh, the best way is, you know, our our main number is 716-250-2400. Is that the Urban League? And the Urban League website, www, we shortened it, uh, dot org, And then for the young professionals, it's www.bulyp, for young professionals, ny.org. And I thank you, Dave. Mark, no problem. Glad, glad you were able to make it. No problem. Good discussion this morning. Covered a lot. Thank you.
This is Buffalo What's Next on WBFO and WBFO HD1 Buffalo, WOLN Olean, and WUBJ Jamestown. I'm Dave Debo. Thanks for listening.